Welcome to Documentary First, an inside look at a documentary filmmaker's journey. I'm your host, Josh Lindsay from the Movie Proposal Podcast. And with us is our documentary filmmaker, Christian Taylor. Hey, Josh, how you doing? Hey, Christian, how are you? Good, good to see you. It's kind of strange going to this, you know, every other week format. So I feel like I haven't seen you guys in a long time. I wasn't even there when you announced that, so I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, we're going to every other week, Jason. All right. Sounds good. Every other <laughs> no, week. No one told me. <laughs> Sorry. And speaking of forgetting about Jason, it's Jason Rugg is also on the podcast. <laughs> hey there. Hey there. So good to see you, Jason. Good to see you. Yeah, just as a reminder, things are in a lull period right now. There's some stuff happening, but um, we can't even begin editing the stuff we shot in France until September because Bill has got a couple of big movie projects that he's working on. So um, really, it's all the business of, um, you know, the movie making stuff right now. And it's kind of summer break. So I figured we would just go to a um, every other week format for a little bit. Rock and roll. All right. Well, Christian, what, uh, it's not, you know, it's not like nothing's happening. What is happening in your world? Yeah, that's true. Actually, we need to celebrate today because we have now signed a distribution deal. Woohoo. Oh. Uh, and maybe 2. no. 2.0. Yeah, 2.0, exactly. <laughs> uh, maybe no surprise to anyone, but we have signed a distribution deal with Virgil Films Entertainment. Um, this really is still on the down low. I don't think that we'll make a formal announcement uh, until November. We hope that what they call a street date will be November 1st um, in time for Veterans Day and everything that happens along with that in November. Uh, it's going to take us a lot of time to get all the deliverables in. Um, so we're super excited about this partnership. Um, we've been working with Virgil Film for the last year on our other projects. So uh, we have built a relationship with them of trust and, you know, just super happy um, working with these, this company. I really like them all very much. They are super communicative. They respond to emails and phone calls um, and they just are very open and honest. So I do have a good feeling that we're, uh, we're in where we need to be right now. So feeling good about that. Awesome. Awesome. So why I could guess, but why don't you explain why would you just not announce and make a big deal of, you know, publicly that you have a distributor, right? We, um, were talking about that with them on our first uh, call yesterday. And basically if you announce now people cover that now, let's say we get it into a couple of magazines or things like that. Nobody's going to, you know, there wants, there needs to be a call to action at the end, you know, Hey, go watch this movie here. And if this movie can't be watched anywhere, it's just sort of, well, they won't recover it right when it actually launches. So you got to want to do that announcement at the same time that you are um, about ready to release. So I, it makes a lot of sense. We want to maximize whatever media attention we can get right when it's time for people to um, buy the film. You know, and as I was going through this meeting yesterday, and largely this was about the deliverables and what the process is going to look like. Um, I 
realized, I remembered going back all the way to 2021, June, May, 2021, when we were going to release on iTunes and the instructions were given to us by FFS that we needed to get all our friends and family to watch it on iTunes to then, you know, give it a rating and give it a review. And we made a huge push through our um, mailing list and on our social media to get people to do that. And we got tons of great reviews, um, obviously, and there were hundreds there. And I didn't realize when FFS took us off iTunes, we, I didn't think about the fact that we would lose all of those, which of course we did. And so I've been thinking about trying to marshal that army of supporters again to go and rate and review on iTunes. And I'm like, I just don't know that people would do that again. Uh, we're going to try. Uh, but the good news is they will also be putting us, it sounds like, on Amazon um, you know, video on demand. Basically, we're on Amazon, but you're going to have to pay for pay to rent or buy it, um, which is much better than the situation we were in previously. And people, I think, are going to be excited about the fact that we're going to be on Amazon. So maybe it will be easier to get people to um, review and rate the film. We hope. All right. And so that'll all happen, we hope, in November. So if you're listening to this, we are going to ask you to please rate and review um, you know, this film there. And we'll kind of keep everybody updated on the progress, of course. There's a lot that needs to happen between now and then. And one of the things that I was, uh, I sort of hit a wall this week was initially FFS created a Dropbox where they said, upload everything to this Dropbox. And it had all the different folders for the deliverables, which I thought was super, you know, helpful and very um, organized. And all I really needed to do was upload the stuff they needed into those Dropbox folders. And so I started doing that. And then at some point they decided to create a second Dropbox for me to load everything into. And they kind of transferred everything over. Well, when I went to go to that second Dropbox, which did have absolutely everything in it, it was gone. So it looks like FFS removed my ability to get all of our stuff back. I still had access to the initial, an original one they created, but it didn't have everything in it. So that was super frustrating uh, and very angering that I wasn't able to, you know, now I'm going to have to go back to Jason and go back to, you know, Bill and go back to maybe graphic people to try to cobble all that stuff together again. Um, so I started doing that, you know, yesterday. And the other thing that I have to do is now that I have this contract, I have to go and make the um, agreements with for that, you know, one minute of music we have in our film with Sony and Reservoir Media for the licensing rights. Um, the last time I checked with them, those are going to be, um, you know, the publishing rights and the sync rights have to um, have favored nation status. So they both have to have the same um, fee. So I got them both to agree to $1,000 for a five-year period. That may sound great, but, you know, that's going to be $2,000 for me right now, which is going to be a challenge. And then um, I do have to provide my own E&O insurance. I think I've said this before on the podcast, but the most interesting thing for me during this process was I learned from the E&O insurance people that I called that when FFS said their E&O insurance was going to cover us, 
Uh, I thought that was great news and it does sound like great news, but apparently it doesn't do any good if somebody was to sue for any error and emissions uh, because a a distributor's insurance does not cover the producer actually. So were they mistaken or misleading or? I don't know. I don't know if they knew that or not. I don't know. But now that I have talked to the ENO people and I've talked to Virgil Films, they all say the same thing. Virgil Films doesn't even carry ENO insurance anymore um, because it doesn't cover the producer. So that's why we have to go out and get our own that does cover the producer. That's going to be anywhere from $3,500 to $5,000. So I'm looking at another big expenditure, um, you know, just to get this film distributed. Um, And I had asked last time if that dollar amount was it just covered the film forever or was it annual or right it's going to be a, a one to three million dollar uh coverage for two years so then we're going to have to renew that i mean you know i think that's one interesting thing you know as i was going through this again contract and thinking about the fact you know i'd earlier said i would never do a distribution contract longer than 18 months or two years or something like that but now that we're in distribution 2.0, um, and I am realizing the difficulty in doing this every single time and the amount of money that it's going to cost me every single time, it really is in my best interest to settle in for a long period of time. Um, and, you know, I really did have sort of the bad boyfriend syndrome going into this where, like, I had been totally, totally wounded and hurt. I was trustful. I was excited going into this relationship. And, you know, my heart was broken. I was treated abusively. And so I really had that same guardedness coming into this. But then I remembered, you know, I've had this relationship with them now for over, you know, like a year and a half, and they have proven themselves to me already. And I really do need to just step into that with trust. Um, See, if this if this was a movie, the audience would have known that that was the boyfriend you were supposed to be with all along. All I mean, along. He was, he was just the, <laughs> the third wheel, best friend, listen, you know, cry on your shoulder guy. And he was patient and totally for him. And uh, finally, you know, love happened. Totally true. It's interesting because Joe Amade came to me shortly after uh, we had signed the deal with FFS, you know, and said, hey, we really want to uh, you know, release this film. And I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. You know? Uh, so yeah, that's exactly what this would be like. So, <laughs> so anyway, I'm encouraged. I, uh, think there's good things on the horizon. I think that it will take a long time. Um, you know, I was told, um, and you know, it did kind of confirm to me that it really does take a long time for the proceeds. Like, let's say it starts, um, to air in November we're really not going to see any income from that probably for another six to nine months at all. Because yes, after the first quarter, um, they will see some income, but they are going to have to recoup their deliverable costs. And those are a real thing. Like it costs money for them to upload um, to all these different platforms. And you know, there is work that has to be done on their end and they do have to pay people. So there are legitimate distribution fees, um, you know, that are included in there that they have to recoup before they can pay us anything. So, 
you know, it's going to be another long haul, I think, before we see any income from this film. Um, so I just need to be set and ready for that. All right. All right. Yeah. So, so that happened this week. I do have another exciting thing that's going on today. So one of the big things that I've been thinking about, and I've said this before, is that because we really have no income coming in um, for a long time, the biggest place that I can find income is in presenting the film in a live event like I've been doing with L'Oreal, Delta, Michelin, et cetera. And really, I need a salesperson to make those phone calls and develop those leads and create those opportunities for me. Uh, I haven't been able to find anyone, but I'm having a meeting today with someone who's considering it. So uh, that is encouraging. And I do um, hope that something will come from that because I do think that it would be uh, incredibly helpful. That's exciting. So that is exciting. Not to keep us posted on that one. Okay. Uh, any other news on the we need to be covering? Nope, I don't think so. The other things I'm going to be working on are we do have to re-edit the credits. So that's uh, two things I've got to do. I got to get FFS out of the actual credits at the end, and I've got to get them out of like a title sequence at the end. So what that means is um, our I have to go back to our credit guy that created them and say, hey, take this out re-render, send it to Bill, and then Bill is now going to have to take that new uh, credit sequence uh, and add it to the end of the film and then remove um, FFS and the title sequence, then we're ready to deliver that. So until Bill gets back to work, uh, that can't really happen, but I hope that I can get um, Daniel Petterino to uh, revise our credits. That will be a good thing. And um, thanks to Mindy Cook, all of our interviews that we did in um, France for the Carenton Project have now been separated out. I have to run those through Rev, um, which is the translation transcription, you know, team. And then I have to get that going. That's going to cost me a lot of money. So I'm kind of waiting until I have that. And then um, the other thing that's happening is Flow Plana and a team in France interviewed um, another French survivor. So now we have that in the can. That shoot went very well, I'm told. And I'm looking, I've seen a lot of pictures from that. I've got the reports from people who were there. Michelle Coupe was the uh, producer on that shoot. So um, now I have to process that interview as well. Um, yeah, so those are kind of the things we're, we're working on at the moment, still keeping me busy. Uh, and, but other than that, we're trying to enjoy the summer. Awesome. Well, should we shift gears and go to our, quote, new segment? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Well, you know what that means, everyone. It's now time for DocuView Deja Vu. DocuView Deja Vu. Okay. So I'm going to go because I'm going to go first because I'm going to rock the boat here and do something. I don't know that we have any rules, but it probably is a rule I'm going to break. (laughs) Uh, I've not seen this. Oh. Uh, Um. But I am in the middle. <laughs> so here, I'll tell you what it is. It's it's the Staircase documentary miniseries. It's, it's the BBC did this back in 2004. 
But just recently, HBO Max did a limited series of the, you know, dramatization of this true crime story. Can I can I just guess what this is about? Is this about the guy who's murdered a bunch of women and one of them he pushed down the staircase or something like that? Or maybe all of them, that's how they died, or um you you might be on the right track. I don't want to give too much away. At first, I'm like, no, you're not right at all. But then the more you, you went on, I thought, well, maybe you're just a little confused. So uh, <laughs> it's about a, a gentleman. In, he's in one of the Carolinas, North or South Carolina. He's this guy who he's running for office. He's he's, an, he's a writer and everyone likes this guy, loves this guy. But he's kind of a little creepy and he's, there's there's some shady stuff in his past and anyway his wife dies uh and she's at the bottom of a staircase and apparently she fell but there was enough evidence to suggest that he did it so we are watching the miniseries on hbo max with col uh well tony collette is the wife and then i want to say colin firth yeah you know him from things like uh love actually and king speech well, king speech there you go that was a big one for him it it's a, it's a, it's a limited series and, and there's a lot of back and forth of like oh this guy is guilty of sin and then things get revealed and you think oh my goodness maybe he's actually innocent you know and then things happen again you're like oh no this guy did it <laughs> and then you're confused and so we we haven't finished the dramatization limited series on HBO and i haven't even seen the actual documentary because here's what's interesting in the hbo series it it's you know following this family it's a blended family like they're both kind of you know had divorces and things like that and kids from other places and and so there's this big mix of kids and it's kind of confusing to be honest uh the, the wife dies he's arrested and these french filmmakers decide they want to do a documentary on the American justice system where they want to follow this family around. So it's kind of a reality TV thing where they, they come in with their film cameras and, and, and shoot a ton of footage. So you're, you're watching almost like a documentary of a documentary happen. So it makes you want to watch the documentary. <laughs> <laughs> of course, at this point, I have no idea what the, what, what, what comes out in the end but we're we're it's it's kind of uh it's hard to recommend because it's not it's a very it's very difficult subject i mean it's murder and there's just some real unpleasant things in it on the other hand you know really great actors if you do like true crime it is a very compelling story because it is a real mystery how did this woman die and you think you know and all these people are convinced but it's hard to say who's right. All right. So what's the name of the documentary? They're both called The Staircase. So They're both called The Staircase. Okay. Yeah. So there's the documentary series. And then the what's that? When will it be released? So the the original documentary is 2004. The one with Colin Firth is out right now on HBO Max. It just came out. Yeah. Okay. So I'm um, sorry. I'm a little bit confused. So. Are there three? No, there's two. There's, there's the, the original docuseries back in 04, which is the actual French filmmakers came over while this 
trial was going on. And that was a docu-series. And then they made a dramatization of that with Tony Collette and Colin Firth, where actors are portraying them. And in this story, in this true crime story, part of the story is a documentary film crew that comes in and films them. And they're they're very much part of the story. Like they kind of cross over into the world and probably in ways they shouldn't, but uh, there's only two series. How can you see the 2004 documentary? On the internet? (laughs) It's it's, it's out there somewhere. I don't know. It's on the BBC. Uh, The original one is on Netflix. Netflix. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So Netflix is the original one. Uh, HBO HBO Max Max has the the... dramatization. Okay. Excellent. Now I can't wait. Thanks for sharing that, Josh. All right, then I could go next if you want. Yeah. Um, so I th- I can't remember if we talked about um, Bo Burnham's uh, Inside. Yes. I think we talked about that. Um, so about a month ago, he released an hour-long behind-the-scenes and outtakes special on YouTube. And you can watch, like there are some parts where he has 28 takes up simultaneously of the same song and you get to watch them drop out one by one as he messes up or you know that sort of thing you can watch some go all the way through and you can try and be like okay why did he pick that take or why didn't he pick that one and there's there's a lot of the creative process on display here you can see a lot of mess ups you get to see um songs and sketches that didn't make it into the final special and it he has entire completed songs they're done shot everything's good and it's just, it didn't make it, it didn't make it into the, the final thing. And so it's like mm. there, there's extra songs, there's behind the scenes, there's outtakes. It's a really interesting look into this wonderful piece of art that itself spawned another piece of art that is an hour long and just a fascinating look into the creative process. Wow. So, yeah. And it's just for free on YouTube. You can just watch it right now. Awesome. Great to know. All right, I'm going to follow that up with um, a movie that I absolutely love. I watched it during the pandemic. I need to watch it again uh, just to refresh my memory, because as I started thinking about this film, I was like, there's so many details that have, uh, you know, kind of evaporated out of my head. Uh, But anyway, it's called Made You Look, a true story about fake art. Um, It is on Netflix and on IMDb. It says Made You Look is an American crime documentary about the largest art art fraud in American history set in the super rich, super obsessed and super fast art world of New York. Um, And it is directed by Barry Average. Uh, He also helped write it with Melissa Hood. And um, wait, his name is Barry Average. Average. Oh, (laughs) his parents did not like him. (laughs) He's Barry Average. (laughs) Uh, that is really unfortunate (laughs) yeah so i mean it's super if you like true crime uh it's it's beautiful um and it says like netflix says made you look as the true story about the fake painting scam that swindled the art world out of more than 80 million dollars and it said that um you know it kind of began when um a, a buyer discovered that the yellow paint used in a piece that was supposed to be Jackson Pollock's piece um, was invented after Jackson Pollock's death. So that's kind of how it all started. Hmm. Yeah. 
So there you have it. Those are our recommendations for documentaries. And I started thinking for our Patreon people, we are going to begin releasing sort of um, little sheets or little guides for all of these documentaries that we have been talking about, um, because I think it would be really handy to have even I, you know, keep forgetting the stuff that we have talked about over the past. And we're generating a very good library of some super good films. So um, we're going to start giving this as a little bonus. Thank you to our Patreon supporters who we absolutely love. Um, So you guys can look for that in the future. Um, I also wanted to get an update from the two of you. I'd love to know what's going on the movie proposal podcast and anything in Jason's work life that he's able to share. So uh, let's start with you, Jason. What's going on in your world? I actually don't really have anything. So, <laughs> so let's just talk right. Let's just jump right into the, the movie proposal. <laughs> Fun. Yeah. Kick it off, Jason. Uh, we just uh, released an episode on RRR, which is a Tollywood um, film that's three hours long and it is fantastic and insane. And <laughs> it was a really fun episode. Um, Josh, do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Well, if you were to see the trailer or watch this movie, I think most of us would call it a Bollywood film. So, mm-hmm. which I, I, in my opinion, we're splitting hairs, but technically it's not a Bollywood film. It's a Tollywood film. But as far as Americans are concerned, it looks just like a Bollywood film. Where it's because it's, of the language that it's produced in. Right, it's, right, yeah. right. But in my mind, a Bollywood film is, you know, it's the actors are primarily Indian. Uh, it's kind of over the top. Maybe the acting's not so great. Um, uh, I didn't know this, but a lot of these films are, are have have singing in them. Like just in the middle of it, like it's not like a traditional like American musical where it's. I mean, like this is a musical. You know, like we're gonna watch Guys and Dolls, and it opens with a song, and a song we tell us like it's just this. It's a regular movie, and then all of a sudden, someone just starts singing. You're thinking, what is going on here? But I, I remember I texted you and Sky because I'm I'm the one who watched it first and got them to watch it. It was like 50 minutes in and the first musical number happened. Right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, is this a musical? And it's like, right. Kind of. Because <laughs> there's like four songs probably, but they're all at pivotal, pivotal moments to the story, but nowhere else. So it's not like, you know, La right. La Land where like, oh, we're just going to break into song for this scene. And right. you know, it's not like that at all. It's really no. fascinating. And, and it's part storytelling device, part pure entertainment. I mean, they go like the action sequences are bonkers. They defy physics. They defy reality. I mean, people you witness people get murdered and they're fine. You know, like, like <laughs> just like, like literally stabbed in the heart. And the right. next scene, they're just they're fine. <laughs> right. And it's like, what? Right. <laughs> but that other people just straight up die. Of, um we just watched, um, oh, what's the one with Ryan Reynolds where he's the in the computer game? He's in the computer game? Ryan Reynolds? Oh, yeah. oh free, guy. free guy. Yeah. Free guy. <laughs> that reminds me of Free Guy, well, which, by the way, is a great movie. It is a great movie. But here's what's interesting about that is there's a, uh, a premise, a device, like he's in a video game. So he can get away with stuff that makes sense. If you watch Captain America, he has superhuman strength. So he can do things that defies what you and I could do. This movie. They're just dudes. They, they do it, right. You know, they just do it. 
<laughs> it's just, just pure passion. They, they're so passionate about what they're doing that they can do incredible feats of strength and human recovery and whatever. But I saw someone call this a name where it was something like maximized filmmaking or something like where they maximum effort, <laughs> something like that. And it, it had a clever name to it, which I thought rang true, which was what I took away from this film was the actors and the filmmakers love movies and they loved making this film. And they took all the things that we love about movies, whether it's songs and musical numbers or action sequences or romance or in this case a, a, a male friendship is like the centerpiece of here and so they really you know hype that up so everything and then the bad guys are just like just as bad as you can make them and they're very two-dimensional and all that kind of stuff and uh but they just took it to the nth degree and if you're okay with that it's the it's a fun ride so i was gonna say do you think do you think this is a good movie did you give it a good recommendation <clears throat> Um, well, Sky it, loved it. It sounds like Jason loved it. Yes, it's really fun. Um, but you know, you're not coming here for a hardcore drama, or quite frankly, you're not coming here to learn anything, right? <laughs> it's like right. it's not a story. It's not a historical drama. There are characters in it who are uh, real people who actually like were a part of the Indian uh, Revolution um, and throwing off their British oppressors, but they are highly fictionalized and the things they do are highly fictionalized. Um, but it also is just a look into, you know, British imperialism, which is interesting to see from, you know, an, an oppressed person or an oppressed people's perspective. Um, Cause it's like, there's no, no, you know, a lot of Western uh, movies would try to find some sort of redeeming quality. And it's like, no, they're just evil. <laughs> Because they right. were, right. <laughs> and there's it, no complexity. There's no layer to them. No, they're just they, people. Bad people. Bad people right. want to do bad thing, and right. it works. It totally yeah. works in the story, and it's really compelling and interesting to watch. So it's the most successful Indian film on Netflix, and its box office is almost 100 million. So it's 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 getting a lot of attention for those reasons. And besides the fact that people really enjoy it. So what does RRR stand for? Actually, a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, it's very complicated. <laughs> All right. Well, this is making me extremely curious. Uh, so it's not a documentary, but I had made it onto our, our list. You might as well add that on there, Jason. You just put in parentheses, not documentary. Um, and can you just remind us a little bit about the formula of the show, Josh, just in case people haven't listened to uh, the movie proposal podcast, um, you know, I highly recommend it. So give us a little, uh, your sales pitch for what it is. Well, it's Jason, myself and Sky Jatani, who you may know from the Holy Post. We have a format of something old, new, borrowed, blue. So we discuss an old movie that must be 20 years older or more, something new that just came out, something borrowed related, like an article or something related to the something new. And then something blue, something we saw recently that blew our minds or blue chunks. And we're, it's not really, I wouldn't, we are not film critics by any measure. <laughs> we just like to talk about movies. Uh, I, I even saw after this episode of RR was released, people were still wondering, well, did Josh like the film? Because I didn't even really talk about that. I just talked about how bonkers it was. And then I talked about a, 
particular element of this film that they can't do in American films today. And, and it wasn't saying R, R, R was good or bad. It was just, I was commenting on this, this little. Well, did you like it or not? Uh, I did, but it's 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 hard to say. I mean, I was exhausted. Uh, I would have given up on this film had I not been asked to watch it for the podcast. But I was so glad I finished. By the end, the action sequences. I mean, by you know, two and a half hours into it, you're like, all right, I'm I'm in. You know, I care about these characters now. How long is this movie? Three hours, five minutes, (laughs) and and uh, but the action sequence at the end are so. Well, from the beginning to the end, they're so over the top. But at the end, it's really just like really pedal to the metal. I was laughing out loud. I mean, it was fun. Yeah. It was, I was having yeah. fun. But I was laughing out loud. I'm like, this is bonkers. But the other thing, too, is like it's not cheesy looking. Like the effects are pretty good, you know, and and they're not great. Like they're good enough for what they're trying to do. But this wasn't low budget, you know, and it's just it's a ride. It's it's I don't know how else to describe it other than. A fun ride uh, that is three hours long, <laughs> and I think Sky and Jason said they'd watch it again. I, I would probably yeah. take a pass, but um, but I overall I would give it thumbs up. I enjoyed it. Christian, just to set how how insane some of the scenes are in this, like there's one scene where a motorcycle is driving at somebody. Mm-hmm. He kicks the front tire. It flips in the air. He grabs it and uses it as his weapon for a foreseeable portion of the, you know, a, a little bit of the movie he's using a motorcycle as his weapon <laughs> right. he's just he's just like this super ripped dude he's not like captain america or anything it's like right. even captain america wielding a motorcycle as a weapon is a little <laughs> right <laughs> a little out there and yeah. this is even beyond that and it's just a dude so and there's so many things like that, like a car crashes and a guy flies up in the air out of a convertible. There's a rifle in the air. He grabs it, takes a shot before he hits the ground. You know, it's just like. It and it, is... it's all slow motion oh, yeah. and just fire. <laughs> and like, How everyone's much got... did this movie cost to make? Oh, that's a good question. Probably a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's also the visual effects are fantastic. Like Bollywood, Tollywood films generally have a, uh, a reputation of not being fantastic when it comes to visual effects and like the physics are insane and everything, but it is, it is absolutely uh, uh, incredible. Um, okay. So the budget is 3.5 billion of some symbol. I don't recognize. So let me see. <laughs> I would be about 44 million us dollars. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. Today, you got, you know, more than three documentaries, that's for sure. But uh, you also got a recommendation for the Movie Proposal podcast, which I do highly recommend. Um, Jason, we'll just keep uh, watching you on Instagram, I suppose, and waiting for something fun to happen. (laughs) Same. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, tell it. remind us of your Instagram again, Jason. Uh, you can find it at Jax, J-A-X, and A-N-D, Chon, C-H-A-W-N. Uh, you can find it there, or you, you can find it on Twitter, but mostly episodes and uh, sketches and things are up on Instagram. All right. Well, I just want to say thank you to all the people that listen to our podcast each week um, that also support us on Patreon. Thank you for your patience as we're kind of in a transition period. Uh, I appreciate you. Um, 
you know, continuing to follow along to see what's going to happen with us. And uh, we haven't forgotten about you. So thank you very much for your time. We consider it a gift. You can always support us and join Patreon if you're listening to this and you haven't. Uh, it will help me pay for all of the, uh, the E&O insurance things and the licensing rights that are on my table right now. So thank you for that. Thank you, Josh and Jason, for being here. I really love having you both back. Well, thanks for having us. And uh, to our listeners, thank you for listening to Documentary First, where we believe everyone has a story to tell and you can be the one to tell it. Yes, you can. Um, Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Documentary First. We really appreciate your partnership with us. We can't do any of this without you. So thank you for listening, donating, and following along on our journey. We are supported by generous donations from people just like you. To make a donation, visit thegirlwhowarefreedom.com or support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash documentaryfirst. To learn more about our other works in progress, visit documentaryfirst.com or follow Documentary First on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. This podcast was produced by Documentary First, edited and mixed by Jason Hoban, with music by Jeff Kurtenacker.